You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, producer at 1660 ESPN Central Texas and host of the Locked On Horn Frogs pod. Appreciate you joining me today. You're listening to this on a Friday. I'm actually recording this on a Thursday afternoon. I usually record these late at night, but got home from work early today, so I had a chance to do it right now. Hope my neighbors don't look at me too weirdly. I'm sure someone just sitting on their porch in broad daylight talking to themselves is uh, is kind of a weird look, but maybe they know that I do the podcast and they'll uh, they'll get over it. I guess in some ways it's probably better than a man talking to himself on his porch late at night. Tomorrow, TCU, Texas Tech. In this first segment, I want to make a plea to the TCU football team. Throw the ball on Saturday, please. Put the ball in the air. Throw it. And when I say throw the ball, I do not just mean throwing tunnel screens and passes behind the line of scrimmage. I mean throw the ball down the field on Saturday. And why do I say this? Well, Texas Tech has really struggled against the pass. Now, if you look at their game-by-game breakdown, you might say, well, honestly, for a 2020 defense, it's not too bad. They gave up 567 yards to Houston Baptist through the air. Now, that's what Houston Baptist does. I mean, they throw the ball all over the place. But still, it's Houston Baptist. They won that game 35-33, but they gave them almost 600 yards passing in that one. Um, They've had a few games where they've kept quarterbacks under 300 yards. One of them was K-State with Will Howard. He only threw for 173 yards um, when when those two teams met up. And Skylar Thompson got hurt in that game against Tech. Spencer Rattler threw for 288, but I think it would have been much more if uh, that game had been competitive. Oklahoma jumped out to a huge lead, and then they didn't really need to air it out after that. And finally, uh, Sam Ellinger threw for 262 yards in that crazy, you know, 63-55 to 55 or whatever it was. Texas won overtime. They shouldn't have won the game, but they found a way to hold on. But, I mean, UT does their work on the ground. And Ellinger had four touchdown passes, so he was still able to have success through the air. Jared Dagey threw for over 300 yards and a loss against Tech. And Brock Purdy threw for just over 300 yards in a win against Tech. And there's opportunities against the secondary. And, man, y- you got to let Max air this thing out. Now, you might say to yourself, Stephen, one of the things you talk about on this podcast all the time is how horrid this offensive line is. And you're correct. They're not very good. But Texas Tech only has seven sacks on the season. Seven sacks in, I think they played six games. I mean, that's not, that's not great production. If, if they get one, that's basically a sack a game. If they get one sack on Saturday, then you're living pretty well. You'll take that, especially with this offensive line. I think the O-line has been slightly better with T.J. Storman in there. Now, it's still not good, but it, it's getting somewhere. And they do seem to do a nice job when you run downhill and, and run between the tackles. That worked against Baylor. It did not work very well in the second half. I mean, they were able to move the ball a little bit, but couldn't convert in short yardage. There was a third and one, a fourth and one, where they couldn't keep drives going. Then they started going three and out, and all of a sudden Baylor's back in that game. TCU had success throwing the ball last season. The O-line is a question, but I believe in Max Duggan, and I believe in these wide receivers 
to make plays and win one-on-one matchups. I think Quentin Johnson's going to win some one-on-one matchups against this Tech secondary. I think Tay Barber can. I don't know what J.D. Spielman's status is. If he's able to go, I think he's somebody that could, even though I feel bad for the guy. I really thought he was going to be a weapon, and now we're, you know, five games in, hardly used him at all. But my point being, there's there's opportunities in this passing game. And it you can still run the ball, and you can play pretty balanced. And if you get out to a nice lead and you want to start running a little bit more, that's fine. But do not, do not power down. Do not just shut things down and start trying to run for three or four yards a pop and controlling the clock because I don't think that's a recipe for success. And by the way, the Tech offense is pretty good. I, I'm not sure they're going to be able to blow this team out. I hope they do. But Henry Columbia, um, backup quarterback, transfer from Utah State. He's familiar with David Yo's system. Now, they've sort of been conservative with him, but Tech has some good wide receivers, and I think everything changes. I don't know what T.J. Fasher's deal is. If I if you ask me if he's going to play or not, I would say Probably not, just because I, I searched Twitter. I've, I've done some digging, and I haven't seen anything that would indicate that he's going to be able to go on Saturday. don't know what his injury is, but he hasn't played the last few weeks. I mean, TCU's secondary held up well last week. That was a Baylor team that was pretty anemic on offense. So this is really the first true test without Noah Daniels in there, who's a lockdown corner or had been a lockdown corner this season before he went out with a with a knee injury. So I think Tech's going to be able to score. And you might find yourself in somewhat of a back and forth. Tech's a team that can get some big plays. So they're going to test this TCU defense. And you have to answer scores. You just do. And I think the best way to do that this week is to throw the football. They have TCU has good running backs. And I'm really glad that Zach Evans got the ball more. I think that's a good idea. I think Barlow and Evans are your guys. Miller, when he's healthy, and, and Foster's good too, but I just feel like the bulk of the carry should go to, to Barlow and, and Evans. And that's a, a great weapon to have. But this week specifically, and I know a lot of you would say every single week, unleash Max Duggan. Let him throw the ball down the field. Let him try to make plays believe in this O-line against a bad D-line to hold up. And you'll find out pretty quick. I mean, if, if all of a sudden Tech's getting to the passer and you need to adjust, then you can adjust. But give Max a chance to make some throws down the field. I mean, that that first touchdown drive against Baylor last week was beautiful. A couple RPOs hit Johnson and Barber, then hit Johnson on the deep route, and then you're walking in the end zone for a touchdown. I know you can't do that every single time you have the ball, but you can try to replicate it. I mean, you can use that blueprint. You can put defenders in conflict and make big plays. That's something you can attempt to do. So, Doug Meacham, I don't really feel like I need to tell you, but let's sling the ball around on Saturday. Coming up, we'll take a look across the Big 12 Conference, the other matchups going on, but we'll do that on the other side of the break. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, your team every day. Before we get into the Big 12 matchups, I want to talk to you about Coors Light tomorrow, Saturday. I know you're excited about this TCU Tech game. You're probably also going to settle in and watch some other games. You might have a whole day of college football ahead of you. 
if you don't have two toddlers like me, then I hope that's what you're going to do. And I hope you're thinking, man, what am I going to drink tomorrow afternoon when I get that chill time, that moment to hang out, relax, rewind? And I'd encourage you to make it a cold Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered and cold brewed to perfection. It's as refreshing as the Rockies. And they understand that the fall sports, any sports you're watching, that's your me time. That's your time to unwind. So why not grab the beer that's made to chill? Coors Light's the one I choose when I need to unwind. When you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And here's a cool thing. You can get Coors Light sent directly to your door. If you don't want to get out, go to the store. Get it sent directly to your door by going to getcoorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Always remember that. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, we're back on lock. We're back on locked on Horn Frogs, and we're discussing the other Big Twelve games that are going to go down on Saturday. Let's preview some of those because it's not just TCU and Texas Tech; they're in action, obviously. West Virginia and Texas, man, this is interesting. This is a prove-it game for both these teams. Texas coming off that huge win against Oklahoma State where they were really outplayed, but they were able to force some turnovers, make a few big plays on special teams, and get a win. And West Virginia is 4-2 and two on the season. They're 3-2 and two in Big 12 play. They had that head-scratching loss to Tech, but they just walloped K-State last week. They played Oklahoma State pretty competitively. They've got wins over Baylor and Kansas. So they're a hard team to figure out. I think West Virginia is pretty solid. I feel like they present some matchup problems for teams because they have a good defensive line. They can run the ball well. And Jarrett Dagey does enough. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but he does enough to keep them in games. So if they can pull off a win against Texas, then that's huge. That essentially knocks – Texas still has a shot now at a Big 12 title game appearance. But that would basically knock them out of that. It would vault West Virginia up into kind of that second tier, that top tier of the league, and separate them a little bit from the middle of the pack. So, Tom Herman, you got it done, right? You, you got people off your back. You don't have to sweat as much this week. Can you do it again? Can you do it consistently? Can you get this Texas team back in Big 12 title contention? Because that's what people want there. Fair or foul, even though Texas hasn't really been in that spot in a long time, that's what they expect at the level they recruit at, the program being what it is. That's what they want in Austin. So you're going to have to come up with more than just a big win against Oklahoma State. But that's a good start. And we'll see. Uh, that's going to be a physical football game, man. Those those teams in the trenches, they get after it. And I, I feel like that might be the difference in the games. Who's able to establish and win the line of scrimmage on a consistent basis. Kansas and Oklahoma, let's not spend too much time there. I mean, <laughs> OU's going to win, and they are a 38-point favorite in that one. Um, KU's really bad. I don't know. It's hard to lose out. It is. But they haven't even been close this year. Other than jumping out to a 10-0 lead on West Virginia, they they haven't been close. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think Oklahoma gets it done there. Oklahoma State and Kansas State. Another fascinating game. K-State dropped their first Big 12 game of the season last week. Oklahoma State did as well. Um, I feel like OSU is just going to score way too much. It's a good K-State defense, but with the weapons Oklahoma State has, you know, if Spencer Sanders can stop turning the ball over, that could be that's going to be a really good football team, and they're a good football team. 
I just I don't feel like Kansas State can keep up score for score with an explosive Oklahoma State squad. You're you're finally starting to see. And again, I've said it, and I don't want to harp on it too much, but I feel like no matter where TCU's record ends up, that K State loss at home is going to be one you look back on and say, "Man, like how how did we not find a way to beat a true freshman quarterback in his first start at our house?" Like those those are just games you have to win. You have to find a way to win, and they couldn't do it. But should be a good matchup and another one with uh, with some Big 12 title game implications. I mean, K-State can stay afloat and keep this thing going with a win, and obviously Oklahoma State is still very much in the mix. They're going to try to stay undefeated until they get to that Bedlam matchup. And finally, Iowa State and Baylor. Man, I just – Baylor's so bad on offense right now. And Brewer looks – he doesn't look right. He looks hurt. And this Iowa State team, they can get after the quarterback. They've got two guys with five sacks so far this season. They can do it with their three-man front. It just all spells disaster for Baylor because that offensive line's shaky. They haven't been able to threaten – deep down the field. And when Aranda's been asked about that, he's said it's not because of Charlie Brewer and his perceived limitations. It's because they just can't protect. They can't protect the quarterback. And because of that, they don't feel like they can run, uh, you know, deep developing routes or routes that take a long time to develop, routes that are going to challenge teams down the field. So I just don't see a way. I think Iowa State's going to be efficient on offense. Brees Hall will probably have a good day. Baylor's defense is pretty good. I was surprised at how well TCU played against them at times um, until they started to, you know, shut things down in the second half. I just can't see Baylor keeping up. But I think that might be a competitive game just for the simple fact that, you know, BU's coming off an embarrassing loss last week. And if they have any fight in them, then you'll see it. Uh, tomorrow afternoon when, or tomorrow night when those two teams go at it. So, again, Texas Tech and TCU, 2.30 on Saturday. Oklahoma State and Kansas State, that kicks off at 3 o'clock. Baylor and Iowa State kicks off at 6 o'clock. If you want to see a team just get completely bludgeoned, you can watch Kansas and Oklahoma at 2.30. And uh, West Virginia and Texas is a great way to start the day. That's at 11 a.m. So, um, really good week of Big 12 action. A couple games with some Big 12 title implications. And we should have plenty to talk about on Tuesday when we do our, our Big 12 wrap-up. Coming up, I'll uh, hit some keys to the game. I'll let you know where you can watch TCU soccer tonight. And we'll wrap things up on Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Locked on Horn Frogs, final segment of the day, final segment of the week. Appreciate you joining me. If you're listening wherever you are, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts, I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe. That way you can get just sent straight to your phone every single day at 6 in the morning when you wake up. You can listen to Locked On Horn Frogs. And if if you're so inclined, I'd appreciate it if you give me a review. And I asked for the five stars sort of jokingly. I mean, I would love you to give me a five-star review. But in all seriousness, feedback is appreciated. This is the third week I've been doing this, I believe. Yeah, third week I've been doing this. So I'm open, right? Like, if, if you want to 
give me some constructive criticism. That's one way to do it. An easier way is probably just to reach out to me directly. The show Twitter account is at LockedOnTCU, and my personal Twitter is at SimcoxStevens. So um, you can hit me up there and let me know sort of what you think about the pod, what you want to see more of. I'm, I'm hoping to get more guests on moving forward. I know this has not been a guest-heavy week, um, but you know I want to hit up some other TCU media folks that are doing this. I also <clears throat> would like to get more embedded with some of the other people that cover the Big 12 um, and around the conference. So I hope I can start bringing that to you on a more regular basis. But appreciate you listening today. And just a reminder tonight, West Virginia and TCU are going to play for a Big 12 title in women's soccer. <clears throat> Horn Frogs uh, take on the Mountaineers at 7 p.m. in Fort Worth on Friday. And you can watch that on TV on ESPN+. Plus. They call it Big 12 now, but ESPN Plus is the way to do it. If you don't have a subscription, it's only like $4 a month. You could probably even sign up for like a free seven-day trial and watch that game if you don't want to actually pay for it um, or try to hit somebody up that has, you know, some sort of login. But let's support uh, the Lady Frogs. Let's support this team that's done such a great job. And I'm excited for Eric Bell. I'm excited for that team. Um, What a great accomplishment that would be to bring home a Big 12 title in the fall. And if they get a win, I mean, they'll be undefeated. They had that one tie in their season opener against uh, against Baylor, and that's been it. Since then, they have just run the gamut and got this thing done. So looking forward to TCU versus West Virginia tonight. And, okay, finally, our keys of the game. So on offense, I talked about it in the first segment, but I want to see this team throw the football. Um Texas Tech has struggled. The numbers don't always show it, but they've struggled against the pass this year. That secondary is not doing a great job. So let Max throw the ball. Trust that this offensive line is going to hold up against a Tech defensive line that hasn't been able to get to the quarterback very often. Try to build an early lead like you did against Baylor and keep your foot on the gas and get that thing done. I feel like this team – could use another statement win like they had last week. And if they can hold on to, you know, a big margin of victory, that's going to be huge for them moving forward. Also on offense, I mean, it it sort of goes hand in hand, but, like, stay aggressive this week. Make sure that you get this thing done and that you don't leave any doubt or leave any room um, for Tech to come back if you do get out to an early lead. And you might find yourself, I mean, this Tech offense is pretty good. So, you might find yourself going score for score with this group. Defensively, I mean, we've talked about it before. This is a defense that's going to give up some big plays. And Tech has some weapons on offense. So, getting stops in the red zone is a big deal. That's not something this defense has done very well this year. In the past, even, you know, some of Gary's defenses that would struggle, teams would move the ball in in between the 20s. But when they got to the red zone, they would usually bow up and make a stop and force field goals, and that's a winning recipe in this league. Um, So find a way to force field goals, force some negative plays, and if you're going to give up a few big plays, that's all right as long as they don't turn into seven points. You can't let those turn into, you know, touchdowns. If you just allow short field goals or field goals, you know, you'll trade seven for three any day of the week. And – 
getting after the passer is big. They were able to do that last week. Kyrie Coleman, the freshman from uh, New Orleans, has been a revelation. Patrick Jenkins was making some things happen for that defensive tackle position. And, I mean, maybe that's something – Corey Bethley's great, and I don't want to discount what he does. His ability to uh, take on blocks and plug up that middle is huge. But maybe having some more quickness in that interior defensive line is is something that's going to help this defense just from the perspective of forcing negative plays and making things happen and being able to set up tech behind the chains. Um, that's something to watch. Was that just a, a good performance against a Baylor team that's really struggling? And is that not a trend moving forward? If it is a trend moving forward, then that's a big deal. And it certainly bodes well for this team um, as we continue to progress through the season. But if you're asking me for a prediction, I think TCU wins this game. And this is the type of game you have to win. This team, for the past few years, has had too many of these winnable games against a team like Tech or K-State earlier this year or last year, West Virginia. Um, SMU comes to mind. I mean, just games that you should win. Like, you're favored. You're at home. We should take care of business. They haven't won a game in Fort Worth all year. I, I imagine at some point, even with limited capacity, that has to flip. It has to change. So I like TCU to get this thing done. I think they win on Saturday and get to three and three, and then we can start talking about, you know, can they get to five and four um, as we progress through the season? Six and three still out there. I just I have real doubts about them beating Oklahoma State late in the season, but we shall see. That'll do it for Locked on Horn Frogs today. On Monday, I'll have my pal Matt Jennings on, and we'll talk through whatever happens in the Tech game, good, bad, or indifferent. We'll talk about it, and uh, he'll be joining us Monday to recap that game. I appreciate you listening. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, review, and I'll talk to you Monday morning. Thank you for tuning in this week. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.